Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, if Flint Rasmussen, he must have been down in Fort Worth or something. He must have caught some flack uh, for for joking about the weather down there. Because, you know, hey, he's from he's from the Rocky Mountain front back here in Montana. So he knows what cold really is. You know, 59 below zero in Chester, Montana on uh, 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 Saturday morning, and then records uh, blown across the board in Bozeman and uh, Haver and elsewhere over the weekend, and and then Billings, uh, you know, coldest day on record going back to 1997. And so, so Flint Rasmussen, I guess he he made a joke on Twitter about about you know how cold it was going to be in texas and then he and then i think he, he quickly said okay but but you know in defense of our friends down here in texas 13 above is very cold in a state like texas uh so yeah i mean heck even 50 above in a state like florida is very cold for our our friends like captain bruce that tune into the show from time to time on our montana talks app hey aaron flint great to be with you here on this monday that's right we're uh, live with you here on this martin luther king jr holiday did you hear what fanny willis just said there during the break it's because she's black oh yeah sure it is sure it is yeah 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 you built your taxpayers for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars so that you could prosecute and persecute President Donald J. Trump. And you gave the money to a buddy of yours who may be more than just a friend, a friend with a lot of benefits, apparently, because you gave him $650,000. And then the two of you allegedly went on vacation together. No, but but please throw the race card out there one more time. What a way to honor the memory of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on this holiday. Uh, absolutely despicable what Fannie Willis did at that church in Georgia. I've got more audio uh, where that Fox News report uh, that you just heard uh, came from. We'll get to that here later in the hour. But first, hey, it's Monday. Back to business with the Big Sky Business Journal. Evelyn Pyburn, always a pleasure to have you on the show. This gun industry news, i got to say, that's that's some of the best news we've had in a while. W- would you agree? Oh, yes. <laughs> Other than that report about uh, Lewistown and, and the company that's locating there. <clears throat> yeah, and you've got I, bo- both headlines here in the hot sheet this morning. Yeah, um, I, I think it would be really interesting, though, to to understand the economics that these companies are looking at in locating in these small towns. The, the, the impact of that is so huge for these small towns, and and I wonder... What, what they see as far as um, the, the benefits over being, let's say, located in Billings or Great Falls or, or a bigger town. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, you know when I when I catch up with the CEO of of Brickstill Defense uh, down at the Shot Show next week in Las Vegas, I'll have to ask him about that. Be like, hey, why Glendive? Instead of Billings or instead of Bozeman or instead of, you know, and, and, and just to see what the response is. Because, yeah, that, that would be very interesting, wouldn't it, to see why are they choosing to go to small town Montana instead of to the bigger towns of Montana. I mean, we know why Montana over, say, California, but very good question. Stand by. Here is your Montana news. 
A Billings man has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for his role in a large drug network. This trafficking ring involves the Crow and Northern Cheyenne Reservations, Billings, Washington State, and a Mexican cartel. Roderick Plettyhawk had pled guilty to meth possession with intent to distribute and firearm possession. He participated on a large scale by picking up pounds of meth from sites on the Crow Reservation to spread there and the Northern Cheyenne and the Billings area. Color 8 reports Plenty Hawk also supplied to other dealers. He worked with suppliers in Washington who are connected to a cartel in Mexico. This trafficking conspiracy happened for all of 2022 through March 2023. One frequent location he used was Spear Siding. Plenty Hawk is one major player among about two dozen defendants in this conspiracy. The investigation and subsequent arrests are the results of the collaboration with federal, local, and tribal law enforcement. One network busted up another network. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, a wind chill advisory continues early on. Some patchy freezing fog, a possibility early in the day for Bozeman. Otherwise, we'll see a decent amount of sunshine developing, but high temperatures only reaching four below zero for Bozeman, two above for Billings. And for tonight, we'll have wind chills as cold as the 30s below zero. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Caro. John Hannity moves to Florida full time. Can you blame him? Hey, anyway, check out the photos of his new oceanfront home. We've got that at MontanaTalks.com. Plus $125 million. Huge news for Glendive, an ammo manufacturer setting up shop in Glendive, Montana. A Hegeman rushes to stop the federal land grab. She's the member of Congress out of Wyoming. Whole bunch of news stories. Go to MontanaTalks.com or make sure you got the app on your smartphone for that. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Hey, we had a message from Light Brows in Hardin that came in last night. Hey, uh, Tom Gresham said this. Tom Gresham hosts the Gun Talk radio show uh, that our, I know our Billings listeners here uh, over the weekend. And by the way, uh, we hope to see Tom Gresham in Gun Talk next week when we're broadcasting live from the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. Last year, our, we, we had our show set up right next to uh, the Gun Talk uh, crew, and we had Tom Gresham on the show. But uh, Lightbrows uh, says that Tom Gresham was reporting, uh, saying his sources said that gunpowder was making a significant price increase on 16 January. So folks better get it while they can. I personally have no contacts in the powder industry, so I cannot confirm or nor deny uh, rumor control. That was from Lightbrows and Harden. By the way, Lightbrows does make some. Uh, I don't, he he says he's not in the ammo industry or the gunpowder industry, but I know he makes some some pretty good little uh, leather holsters. Uh, <laughs> speaking from from firsthand experience, so Lightbrows, thanks for that message. Uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna have some great coverage uh, for you from the Shot Show in Las Vegas next week. Uh, Jumping back into it here with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. Um, yeah, back to this this gun news. Uh, first, we have the Brixtel Defense announcement, a $125 million uh, investment. Uh, they're going to be uh, producing ammo, an ammo manufacturing facility in Glendive, Montana. That's huge news. 
And then on top of that, uh, as the governor told us last week, Olympus Arms is uh, is setting up shop in Helena, Montana. $50 million investment, creating up to 60 jobs there. Their gun last year at the SHOT Show was voted best in show, and they're going to be making these things right here in Montana now, the governor told us. And so two very big stories uh, here in Montana, great economic news. But, Evelyn, you raised a good question, which is, yeah, why, why are they choosing specifically, you know, like, like Brickstill Defense, for example, why Glendive in, instead of the bigger towns? We could all come up with our reasons, but it would be very interesting to hear theirs. Yes, it would. Um, I mean, you would think that maybe being in a small town um, many miles away from a <clears throat> um, you know, city center would pose problems, but maybe <clears throat> there are other advantages that we don't see, but thank heavens that they are because, you know, uh, lots of Montana small towns have been on the decline as agriculture has um, it isn't it, it's shifted its focus to where they don't depend on small communities so much and and so this has been hurting Montana's many many small towns so maybe this is a turn in in um, the way businesses do business that will really benefit Montana and um, you know, create a, a couple more uh, big business centers. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, and, uh, you know, I know part of what, you know, the CEO told me for Brixville Defense last week is that, you know, hey, they, they love the work ethic in eastern Montana. They love – but I, I do think there is an attraction. First off, we know they want to escape these blue cities and these blue states where they – you know, where gun manufacturers and anybody in the gun industry and component industry has a t- literal a target on their backs from these regulators. So they're choosing to go to places like Montana. We've got a better tax environment now. We've got a better regulatory environment right now. But really, I I think about why Glendive, I think, man, as as we're seeing incredible response to this news, I mean, we can even see it in our numbers, you know, from our websites and from our social media, we can tell just how much excitement and enthusiasm there is about this story. And I think I think why is Glendive, why is the Glendive news even more exciting than the Lewistown news? I think there was a mixed reaction to the Lewistown news when this big when this big, uh, uh, you know, engineering uh, company announced they were going to be setting up shop in Lewistown. I think people are there. There was, you know, some folks that are like, man, Lewistown, it's, it's never going to be the same. It's going to change Lewistown, whereas Glendive is, is really in need of this type of economic development. They lost railroad jobs because of the loss of coal. They lost, you know, and just north of them in Sydney, the sugar beet factory uh, got shut down. The coal plant got shut down. And so, and then, and they haven't been rocking the Bakken the way they used to. And so, so Glenda has really, I, I think, is just really excited about this news. So you've got a workforce. You've got people who maybe worked at the coal plant, maybe worked at the sugar beet factory, or other folks who would love to work for, you know, some sort of gun industry business and be able to stay in eastern Montana. Yeah, and you have to you have to believe that in Montana, gun businesses are exciting just on the face of it. <laughs> it's not as though. Uh, People uh, don't love their guns here because uh, I, I think think per capita doesn't Montanans have more guns than any other state? I'm not too sure if that's right or not. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if if we don't, or at least we're high up there in the rankings. Um, I I think we've we've. 
I think we've definitely got uh, we, we've got numbers now where a majority of Montanans are gun owners. You would have thought that that was already the case, but I know that's the case now. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then this Olympus Arms story is pretty cool as well. We've got a story about them on our Montana Talks website. You've got it in the hot sheet this morning. But uh, Olympus Arms uh, was started by – it's a Montana native uh, who started Olympus Arms. So kind of a cool – Montana Native uh, launching this very successful company. Their uh, their their firearms are used by the U.S. military, and now they're going to be making them in Montana. Uh, Michael Marino is an Army veteran and a Montana Native and the founder of Olympus Arms. Yep, it's great to see those veterans come and and uh, establish themselves and create businesses. We couldn't ask for better. That's for sure. That's right. Yes, veterans starting up successful businesses and then helping to employ other veterans and and being a shot in the arm to our economy. It's always great to see these veteran entrepreneurs uh, succeed. I tell you what, as a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan, I find it very inspirational myself for sure. All right, uh, more to follow with Evelyn Pyburn. She's got some interesting numbers about entrepreneurship. And she also has, I think, a, a very good argument for why those numbers are up. Hey, I know Monday is a holiday. Some people are going to be taking the day off, but we're going to be fully up and running here with Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. Big week coming up ahead, following a big week of some big business news. A new ammo manufacturer coming to Glendive, a gun manufacturer coming to Helena, Montana. Some big news in the past week. What's coming up in the week ahead? Big show coming up Monday, Montana Talks. We take you statewide from 9 to 10. We take your phone calls. You can message us on the app and much more. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. On Friday, USDA reported that winter wheat area planted for the 2024 harvest is estimated at 34.4 million acres at 6% below 2023, but 3% higher than 2022. Kansas and Texas, the two states with the largest acreage, are expected to be down 7 and 8% respectively. Michigan and Utah were expected to plant a record low number of acres. Hard red winter wheat seeded area is expected to be 24 million acres, 5% below 2023. The largest drop in planted acres is in Kansas and Texas. Montana is expected to see a modest increase to 1.9 million acres for the 2024 year. Join the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. NCBA is the oldest and largest national cattle industry organization working to defend your interests in Washington, D.C. And there are big benefits to being a member. You'll get news you can use in the National Cattlemen, email updates in the NCBA Beef Bulletin, plus big discounts only for NCBA members. Join by calling 866-233-3872 or online at ncba.org. USDA has began accepting applications for the Continuous Conservation Reserve Program sign-up. Programs for ag producers and landowners interested in conservation opportunities for their land in exchange for yearly rental payments. Contact USDA for more. I'm Lane Northmont. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, every Monday, back to business with the Big Sky Business Journal. Evelyn Pyburn with us here. Uh, Evelyn, you were uh, you were telling me how uh, the numbers for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship numbers are up. Uh, we've also heard, oh, there, there's an increase in, in, in jobs, in these jobs reports at the national level. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, but, but let's, let's face, let's now inject a little dose of reality into what's going on in the national economy. Uh, the dailycaller.com had this story last week. Almost a quarter of all jobs that were supposedly added in 2023 didn't actually exist. They've been revising these numbers uh, after every jobs report. And then, oh, oh, they revised the numbers. Oh, yeah, we got that one wrong. Oh, we're just going to revise the numbers once again. So so some of the jobs they're claiming that, that have been added uh, at, the, at the national level actually didn't even exist. And then on top of that, we, we know that a, lot, that a lot of what's happening in the economy right now because of the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation is a lot of people are having to take on a second job or maybe some senior citizens – are going back to work. They're getting out of retirement and going back to work because of all the costs going on. What do you see happening right now? Well, nationally, it's being reported that entrepreneurship is up. Uh, during the pandemic, entrepreneurship spiked, re- reaching a 15-year high in the summer of 2020. But business creation remained historically elevated, is what they say, last year. Um and uh, I think we've seen that in Montana, too. A lot of new businesses have started uh, from the ground up. Um, this rise in entrepreneurship is happening even with most people being somewhat pessimistic about the economy. But I really don't find that so strange. An economist a couple weeks ago talking on Fox News said new business starts reflect a positive attitude about the economy. And That may be part of this economic spin you were just talking about because over the years it's been my read in talking to business people that they tend to start their own small businesses when they don't have a lot of confidence in the economy. Uh, For sure there are people who have new products or ideas that promise big returns and and are uh, a big deal when they start up. But the typical mom-and-pop shops, often open because people want to have control over their lives. Maybe the economy is on a downward spiral, or maybe they lost a job and decide to offer their skills independently. But whatever, they they feel like they have more control over their own lives if they open their own business yeah well i would think too even you know like senior citizens that are that are saying hey whether it's because of inflation or maybe they just want to you know do a little bit of work or or whatever property taxes uh, whatever's driving them back to the workforce force they don't want to go work for somebody i mean they know more than the people that they're going to go back and work for why deal with all that that garbage when they so if, if you're a senior citizen that that you know needs to get back and work a little bit more because of the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation, well, hey, you'd be more likely to want to start your own business, start your own thing, right? Right. And and I think that that, you know, early on when, when there was this upheaval because of COVID and stuff, I, I was thinking, what a great loss in um, knowledge and experience the whole economy is suffering by not keeping more of these uh, older people in the workforce. And um uh, it seems to be turning around because 
Uh, the latest reports are that workers who are age 75 and older are the fastest growing group in the workforce. And uh, part of it, I mean, part of it is that people are in better health at that age than they used to be, and and they don't want to stop working. You hear all the time about many people who retired, and then they start looking for something else to do. And it's always been my belief that human beings are hardwired to work and um, and to produce things and achieve, whether it's work or not. And so there's this inner push to keep producing uh, whether or not we call it work. So That's uh, right. Yeah, and you're right. People are in better shape and and, you know, 40 today is a lot different than 40, 40 years ago. 50, 60, 70 today is a lot different than, than 60, 70 uh, might have seemed, say, 40 or 50 years ago, right? Right. And, and speaking of 40 or 20, this is something that blows me away. Gen Xers are nearing retirement age. Now, really? I know. Yes, we were just talking about them entering the workforce <laughs> we no i'm joking i'm joking with you on that one yeah no that's crazy isn't it it's it's uh it is. it's just cra- crazy how fast time flies that's for, in fact speaking of how fast time flies i'm already hearing the music we already got our fox news update well evelyn pyburn always appreciates your great insight thanks so much for joining us once again uh here on montana talks thanks for your time hey by the way we're going to be in warden tomorrow at on the rocks if you want to send anybody our way i know you got a lot of great contacts out there in that neck of the woods evelyn Chris Foster. The Iowa caucuses are tonight. Fox's Rich Edson in Des Moines. Nikki Haley is holding a campaign event out west in Sioux City in a few hours. Down the road in Sergeant Bluff, Ron DeSantis pitches voters in the early afternoon. Trump surrogates have a meet and greet this afternoon northwest of here in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Trump canceled a couple of in-person rallies this weekend. He was back at it yesterday and predicted a tremendous win. Iowa's part of the country with very cold weather today. An Arctic air mass has settled in with bitter cold temperatures as far south as South Texas. A winter storm is spreading snow and ice for the southern states, bringing dangerous travel conditions throughout the day. It will be the coldest Iowa caucus in modern history. Fox meteorologist Janice Dean, President Biden's campaign reports its strongest fundraising quarter so far, $97 million with $117 million cash on hand. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, big thanks to Evelyn Pyburn for joining us uh, every Monday. One other really cool headline she's got in the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet this morning, Rocky Vista University. Rocky Vista University, which opened Montana's first medical college in Billings last July. You might recall now uh, Great Falls also has a medical college in Great Falls as well. But Rocky Vista University, which has the medical college in Billings, now they plan to establish a college of veterinary medicine in Billings. So that's very cool, too. You know, you think about a lot of a lot of Montanans might want to go down the path of becoming a vet, becoming a veterinarian. And so now you can go to school right here in Montana. Very cool news. That's in the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet this morning. And like I say, the gun industry news, Brixtel Defense setting up an ammo manufacturing facility in Glendive, Olympus Arms manufacturing the best in-show rifle from last year's SHOT Show. They're going to be manufacturing it right here in Montana. 
All that news, go to MontanaTalks.com. Uh, back to the top of the hour, back to the Fox News update at the top of the hour. Fannie Willis, Fannie Willis. Remember, she's the, the prosecutor in Georgia that is, that is leading one of the political persecutions against Donald J. Trump uh, in that Georgia case. And then now these allegations have come out that she handed $650,000 in taxpayer funds to a buddy of hers. According to a court filing, the allegation is that he's more than just a friend. He's not just a friend who got $650,000 in benefits. He may have gotten some other benefits, too. Uh, they're saying that apparently these two are romantically involved. That's the allegation. Now, she hasn't confirmed nor denied one way or another. But did you notice all of a sudden, Fannie Willis wants to talk about the Lord. Fannie Willis, she's throwing, the, so disgusting, she is throwing the race card. She is claiming the only reason they're questioning her giving $650,000 to her buddy to prosecute Trump. And then the two of them allegedly went on some very, very fancy vacations together. It's because she's black, is what she's claiming. You heard that audio clip at the top of the hour, but then listen to this. And I wonder, when I heard this soundbite, Benny Johnson shared this via Twitter. She was speaking at a church in Georgia trying to gain sympathy after she's been exposed for her political persecution against Donald J. Trump. I wonder, is this Fannie Willis? Is, is this a tell? Is she admitting something here when it comes to these allegations? We are at a time in the history of people. Hear me on this. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. Ah, she said, we need grace. We need to be allowed to stumble. Does that stump? No, nobody has, has anybody to be perfect, but does that stumbling include giving $650,000 to your boyfriend to prosecute Trump and then both of you go on fancy vacations? Is that the kind of stumbling you're referring to, Fanny? I'm just wondering. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Are tight labor markets permanent? COVID seemed to produce shortages of all kinds, especially workers. But the pandemic has eased and Montana employers still struggle to fill job openings, which, as you might recall, was the case before any of us heard of social distancing. Why have workers become more scarce? Demand has played a role. A surge of older, affluent baby boomers heading into retirement aren't buying more stuff, cars, houses, or big screen TVs. They're buying services, health care, food at restaurants, and lawn care. These things are hard to automate and require more warm bodies to produce. But the big story is supply. Demographics have been charting a course for an older population for decades, and the destination has arrived. Super low birth rates will produce more of the same in the years ahead. And facing the loss of public assistance for education, housing, and cash support, potential workers can find that staying out of the labor force pays more than working. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Securing America. The U.S. conducted more strikes against Houthi-controlled sites in Yemen over the weekend as coalition forces continue to aim to disrupt the Houthis' ability to fire at commercial vessels in the Red Sea. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby discussed the strikes Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation. We think 
that we had good effect on that. We're still assessing uh, the battle damage assessment of those strikes, but we think we had good effect. Kirby further discussed the principle behind the strikes. Nobody wants a conflict with the Houthis. We're not looking for a conflict with Yemen here. We're trying to get these attacks to stop. And says the Houthis will now have a choice as to whether they should or will continue their actions. The right choice is to stop these reckless attacks. And no matter what they say, this is not about uh, punishing Israel. I mean, one of the ships they took a shot at yesterday was Panamanian flag that was taking Russian oil. It had nothing to do with Israel. U.S. leaders do expect the Houthis to try and strike back. Kevin Uretzky, Fox News. John Hannity moves to Florida full-time. Can you blame him? Hey, anyway, check out the photos of his new oceanfront home. We've got that at MontanaTalks.com. Plus $125 million. Huge news for Glendive, an ammo manufacturer setting up shop in Glendive, Montana. A Hageman rushes to stop the federal land grab. She's the member of Congress out of Wyoming. Whole bunch of news stories. Go to MontanaTalks.com or make sure you got the app on your smartphone for that. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Ah, come on now. It's warm in Iowa. It's ice cold back here in Montana. It's warm in Iowa. Well, compared to Montana, anyway, I'm looking at, you know, they keep talking about the weather in Iowa. Are people going to show up? It's Iowa. They're good, tough farm kids in Iowa. They're going to show up. They're going to show up for the caucuses today. But, uh, yeah, it's warm in Iowa compared to Montana. I'm looking at uh, just some of the temperatures across the state in front of me here. Kalispell, 23 below zero. This is not wind chills, by the way. 23 below zero in Kalispell, 13 below in Missoula, 19 below in Bozeman. Uh, Bruce and Ennis, 24 below, according to the National Weather Service. But what did Bruce? Ah, I had a message from him here, and I lost it. That's all right. Bruce, uh, they're telling us it's officially 24 below. I think that's what Bruce told us anyway. Cut Bank, 34 below zero. Same thing in Haver, 25 below zero in Great Falls. Glasgow, 26 below zero. And Billings, 15 below zero. But it's going to be close to zero around noon today. So that's probably when I'm going to break out the snow blower to get rid of the uh, the snow off the sidewalk <laughs> uh, later this morning here. I didn't want to do it at uh, 29 below zero last night. So I'm going to wait till it's zero uh, today. I think my neighbors will forgive me because none of them were out last night either. All right, let's talk about the Iowa caucuses. What to know about the 2024 Iowa caucuses and how this year's process is different. We've got Ashley Smith-Thomas, the founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA, uh, with us once again here on Montana Talks. Ashley, uh, great to hear from you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's start with uh, what's different or, well, how do these Iowa caucuses typically run? Maybe let's start there because in Montana, we just have a normal primary election and, and that's not till June. And usually we don't matter by that point anyway, because the presidential race is already wrapped up, but sometimes it comes down to the wire. Sure, absolutely. Well, what makes the caucuses really unique is that according to CNBC News, um, the Iowa caucus is important because in the case of a presidential election, a caucus is where voters give and listen to speeches about candidates and then cast their vote. 
So that's different from more of your common traditional presidential primary structure uh, where voters just go to the polling places throughout election day and cast their vote or mail those votes in remotely. So Iowans will convene in 1,657 precincts to nominate candidates. The process usually takes 90 minutes, but in some precincts it can take up to three hours or more as supporters of each candidate give speeches to win over undecided voters. So Iowa Republicans, they'll vote by secret ballot. Uh, precinct officials then count those votes in the presence of candidate representatives. Then those tabulations are then sent to the Republican Party of Iowa, who then in turn reports the results. Um, so it's quite a process um, versus more of your traditional just primary voting. Um, but we'll see what happens here in Iowa. Then eyes will be focused on New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina caucuses before the March 5th primary election uh, for many states. Yeah, it's 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 fast moving. Looking at the calendar of both, you know, the various primary election dates, the caucus dates, and then you look at the legal calendar with the continued political persecution against Donald J. Trump, and it's a multicolored horse blanket trying to keep those calendars all uh, in line. Uh, so, for the Democrats for the Iowa caucus, uh, do they even get a choice, or is it, or is it just kind of you will vote for Joe Biden? He's the only name on the list. Are they are they doing anything? Is uh, RFK Jr. allowed to even say anything as part of their process, or are they just doing what authoritarians do? That's a really good question. Um, it, it's interesting how it seems like RFK Jr. has been pretty silent. Um, we haven't really heard much from his campaign. Uh, but in terms of the Democrats, uh, this year they're just really not participating because of Joe Biden being the incumbent. And so – um, Democrats, it was reported that Democrats in Iowa can mail in their candidate choice. Um, they used to listen to speeches and organize themselves into different candidate groups, but they're not going to do that this year. According to CNBC, Dems have actually lessened their emphasis on the Iowa caucus due to technical difficulties that led to vote counting issues in 2020. So Democrats are, are setting this one out, but for Republicans, um, this is where we'll see um, – quite the focus be as these candidates are vying for the primary spot. That's right. I remember when they had a problem counting votes and they had uh, issues in the 2020 election. No, there's there's no issues. There's never a problem counting votes uh, when it comes to the Democrats. Very interesting. So how is this year's process then different? You might have touched on this already, but how is this year's process different? What what are they doing? I mean, we you know, we've heard about, you know, DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. And and of course, uh, you know, President Donald Trump expected to be the, the clear leader here. But, you know, in the past, it, just because somebody wins the Iowa caucuses doesn't mean they're going to win moving forward. Ted Cruz won in 2016, but, of course, Donald J. Trump became the nominee and the president. Uh, let's see. Uh, even before that, I think, uh, was it Rick Santorum who won Iowa? Was that over Was was that over uh, Mitt Romney? Yes, and that was uh, during the uh, Obama's second term. Um, and so there's been – it's not necessarily – historically accurate that Iowa is the, you know, caucus that determines who's going to be president, but it is worth noting and watching. Um, but what's interesting is, to your point, it is expected that President Trump is going to win um, by a landslide here in Iowa. But the reason why it's different is because um, a lot of people are focused on the fact that there's the sub-zero temperatures 
and blizzard-like conditions, and are people going to show up? And I think, in my opinion, Iowans are going to show up because I think they all understand and know that our country, uh, our future is at stake, and we can't afford to have another four years of President Biden in the White House. And so it's expected that Trump is going to win. What I'm curious to see is who's going to be in second place. Is that going to be Nikki Haley or DeSantis? And at this point, polls are indicating that Haley will be in second place already. Trump and Haley are focused on New Hampshire um, as that caucus is just right around the corner. Um, it's interesting. It was recently reported that uh, DeSantis, he's focusing on South Carolina instead of New Hampshire. And me personally, I just don't think that's necessarily a good strategic move on his campaign. And so Trump and Haley are really um, pouring in their resources, time, and energy behind New Hampshire. And then we've got uh, South Carolina and Nevada, all those caucuses before the March 5th primary election. Well, I know, uh, at least I think I was reading it in Politico's playbook, maybe the significance of the evangelical vote in in oh. Iowa. And I could see how that wouldn't necessarily help Haley, given some of her remarks on the radical, you know, transgender movement. Um, but but then again, the, I think the toughest thing for Ron DeSantis is he he's an incredible governor, incredible job as governor of Florida. But I think a lot of the people that, that really like Ron DeSantis also really like uh, President Donald J. Trump. And that's first and foremost their go to. And so I think that's always been a Ron DeSantis's. Uh, a foremost challenge. I, I saw a report from Fox News Radio, and I think it was Jared Halpern was saying, well, this is what the candidates' plans are after the caucuses. This is where they're headed. And I partly wonder if more of these candidates don't just, just cancel their future travel plans and, and jump out of the race. I mean, Florida Senator Marco Rubio just endorsed Donald J. Trump. Uh, Montana Senator Steve Daines uh, weeks ago called on all of the candidates to drop out and coalesce behind Trump. So I wonder if some of them will, will, will pack up after after today. That's a really good question. Um, and to your point, I mean, over the weekend, MSNBC was just showing some of these reports out of Iowa. Uh, to your point, the evangelical President Trump leads 51%. But what's interesting to watch is the independent votes, because right now he leads at 37% and Haley leads at 33%. So that's really the only um, category in which she's closing in on that gap is with the independent voters. Um, so that right there, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to take place even in the other caucus states. But I, I can see Vivek dropping out um, and putting his endorsement behind Trump um, because really, let's be honest, your top three candidates is Trump, Haley, and DeSantis. Um, and so I believe Vivek will, will drop out, put his support behind Trump. Um, but I don't foresee Nikki and um, DeSantis, I just don't see them dropping out before the March 5th primary. And why I say that is because they're both fighters. And when you look at how DeSantis has governed Florida, um, I mean, he's he's a fighter, and that's why people like him. And so I just don't see him backing out. I think he's going to stay in the race. I think Nikki's going to stay in the race until uh, the Americans make their decision during that primary voting in um, March 5th. And then I think after that particular vote, I think that's where we can start seeing uh, more candidates just starting to drop out. And hopefully, I'm hoping that in turn, um, Haley and DeSantis, that they will put their support behind Trump. Um, endorse him, encourage their voters and supporters to get behind him, because what we really need to see is more unity within the Republican Party, not more division. That's right. That's right. Divided we we fall, and, and we see how this country has fallen significantly since Joe Biden took office. Ashley Smith-Thomas, the founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA, uh, great to have you on the show. Great to get your insight. Thanks for being with us. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, coming up after the break, we've got time to take your phone calls. If you want to call in, 294-0970, plus what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say, and he's drawn some fire from Trump. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that more next. Fox News commentary. First Lady Jill Biden complains that Republicans are being mean to stepson Hunter. Give me a break, Jill. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Due to her being a better and more coherent speaker, First Lady Jill Biden has taken up interviews in place of President Sleepy Joe. This week, she joined the hacks over at MSNBC's Morning Joe to bash Republicans for mistreating her stepson, saying, quote, what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. Oh, Jill, 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 not only is that completely ludicrous, it's also hypocritical and so much so it hurts. First of all, Hunter Biden has been handled with kid gloves, considering he should be arrested on the spot and held in contempt of Congress. Second of all, for First Lady Jill to complain about the mistreatment of Hunter given what her husband and the left have done to the Trump family is just too rich. But expect to see the White House trot out this narrative more and more as they hide from all of their scandals and hide Joe Biden in the basement. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can watch my show. Tommy Lahren is fearless at Outkick.com. Hey, I know Monday is a holiday. Some people are going to be taking the day off, but we're going to be fully up and running here with Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. Big week coming up ahead following a big week of some big business news, a new ammo manufacturer coming to Glendive, a gun manufacturer coming to Helena, Montana, some big news in the past week, what's coming up in the week ahead, big show coming up Monday, Montana Talks, we take a statewide from 9 to 10, we take your phone calls, you can message us on the app and much more. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. There's a new strategy in play for at least two dozen Capitol riot defendants. They're seeking to delay their cases until the Supreme Court decides whether an obstruction charge was legitimately applied by the Justice Department. Some defendants are seeking pauses in their upcoming trials or sentencing hearings. Others already sentenced are hoping to be released from prison or punt their upcoming surrenders. If successful, the request could cause months-long delays and pose new challenges for prosecutors. The High Court's eventual ruling threatens to derail the cases of hundreds of January 6th defendants charged under the statute, including former President Trump. But regardless of the outcome, prosecutors in the meantime must now confront the possibility that some defendants' cases will be paused until the summer. The Justice Department has insisted that the prosecutions move ahead, noting that the defendants are charged with other crimes and asserting a strong public interest in the timely adjudication of the cases. At issue before the justices is how prosecutors have charged scores of rioters with obstruction of an official proceeding. With the Speaker's Lobby, Code Clay. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, something Ashley Smith-Thomas said just there about the Iowa caucuses I thought was was kind of interesting about Vivek Ramaswamy, about how she expects that that maybe he might drop out of the presidential uh, race after the Iowa caucus results. It's just been interesting because, you know, so far, Ramaswamy, uh, who really has, has you know, he, he's an incredible voice uh, for, for the conservative movement in a number of regards. But it's like, why are you jumping into the presidential race? Well, clearly get attention and and have a have a microphone for your viewpoints and he so he said some great things uh, but 
but so far also he is he has supported president trump even though he's in the race technically against him and so so he hasn't really drawn any fire from donald j trump but all that kind of changed this weekend and john jackson the joker from twitter may give us more insight coming up in the eight o'clock hour when he joins us on the show actually we'll keep him around for the nine o'clock hour today as well so uh we'll just keep taking your phone calls as well for the next uh, couple of hours but uh there, there's a couple of things i think that were going on including this soundbite from Vivek Ramaswamy, where where he calls, he basically refers to Donald Trump as a a wounded general, and how you know, hey, we don't need a wounded general to be leading this war effort right now. And it's like, oh man, I I disagree with you on that one. But anyway, uh, Jim Jordan disagrees as well. This was from uh, uh, I think this was from Sunday Morning Futures, if I'm not mistaken. First, the remarks from Vivek Ramaswamy and then the response from Jim Jordan. It's going to take somebody from the outside to do this. We're in the middle of a war in this country. And if you want a commander-in-chief and a general to lead us to victory, pick the general who isn't yet wounded in that war. And I will actually lead us to victory while respecting his legacy at every step of the way. What do you make of that argument, sir? Well, I mean, I like Vivek. He's from uh, he's from Ohio, so we, we, we like a lot of things that, that he has to say. But the outsider who's shaking that town up and, and done things that he told the American people he was going to do is President Trump. That's the guy we need back in there. I, I said today at the rally, I said, you know, think of the comparison in four years. We, we literally went from a secure border to no border. We went from safe streets to record levels of crime. We went from $2 gas to $3, $4, $5 gas. And maybe most importantly, we went from stable prices to record inflation, and I haven't even gotten into foreign policy, where we had in President Trump someone who projected strength and was respected around the world to Joe Biden and and Russia in Ukraine, Hamas and Hezbollah attacking our best friend, the state of Israel, and of course where China's, I mean, so that, that is what this is about. Elections are about a contrast and a comparison and about which side you're going to I think it's clear President Trump is the right guy for the job because he did such a great job when he was there before. All right, so Congressman Jim Jordan saying that Trump is the right guy for the job. I think I saw one of John Jackson's buddies on Twitter say, uh, actually, slight disagreement with Jim Jordan here. It's not that Trump is the right guy for the job. He is the guy for the job. He is the only guy for the job right now. But back to what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say, I got to respectfully disagree with him there about, oh, Trump's this wounded general. Do we want the wounded general? Leading the the fight, well, heck yeah, we do. I, here, here's the deal. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's like this this guy who's back on home base, on home soil, and he's got good PT scores, physically fit. He's well-spoken. He says all the right things. He does all the right things, but he hasn't been in the war zone yet. Donald Trump has seen the whites of their eyes. He has seen the enemy. He has stared them in the face, and he has never backed down. And so uh, so I that that's who I want taking on this fight with the swamp and with the deep state as somebody who has seen the whites of their eyes. That's my take. We'll get John Jackson's take uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour of the show. Plus, uh, hey, if you want to jump in on the conversation, uh, we'll have the phone lines open for the rest of the morning, uh, as well as John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, sidekicks with us uh, here on Montana Talks. Hey, uh, we were talking about, you know, getting things jump-started. The, the Iowa caucuses getting jump-started today. I forget what the other jump-start reference was this morning, but it got me thinking. I just jump-started my tune-up with Billings Last Diet. And, man, I could already see the difference. Uh, I, just in one week of doing my diet tune-up with Billings Last Diet, I can already see it in my face. I can already, And I'm going to see it in the numbers. I'm checking in with my diet coach here later today. And so just so exciting to see actual results when you do something. And so big fan of Billings Last Diet. If you're somebody who's looking to lose weight, 
and and to have just a change in your lifestyle this is a life-changing program i've been a, a part of billings last diet for five years and mostly what that means is once a month i go do a, a check-in with my diet coach it's one 15-minute meeting that keeps you on track and then about once or twice a year i'll do a diet tune-up you can do a tune-up today or if you've got a lot of weight to lose Give them a call, 294-6751, or check out BillingsLastDiet.com. They've got a free seminar taking place this week.